May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our redeemer. How many of you have heard the phrase, the prosperity gospel? Anybody heard that? Oh, she watches a lot of TV. Um, If you haven't heard it, you may have seen it if you ever flick through channels and see various television preachers because there's a lot of them on there that are preaching something that is referred to as the prosperity gospel. And they have some of the biggest churches around and huge audiences. And I feel a little sad about that. Now, it's not because I think we should have huge audiences and the biggest church around, although that wouldn't be bad, but because the prosperity gospel kind of cheats people. Now, some people say it cheats people because the fundamental belief of the prosperity gospel is that if you have faith in God, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to have material well-being and financial success. And the preachers of that kind of use their personal wealth to flaunt, or as a, which they flaunt some of them, as proof that what they're saying is true. But unfortunately, some of them, maybe quite a few of them, also will exploit their followers by telling them things like, and these are true quotes, God wants me to have a new jet, and he's counting on you to help me get it. Or, God wants me to have $100 million and a new mansion. I think somebody in his room can name which one said that. Uh, uh, No? Well, yes. But anyway, but it's a focus. And even if they don't exploit their their followers through that, they're getting cheated because God's, what God, the relationship with God is about is a lot more than merely material prosperity. And I hate to think what happens if someone follows along with that for years and months and doesn't get rich, what happens to their faith? God has let me down. Well, I want to talk to you about what I think is a much fuller understanding of what the gospel is about, and it's about abundance. Not prosperity, abundance. Prosperity means, if you look it up in the dictionary, it means the definitions run something like uh, having material wealth or financial success. Abundance means an ample amount, plenty, but it doesn't limit it to what it's about. And I don't think that our relationship with God is just about material things. I don't think you do, and I'm quite sure Jesus doesn't, because right here in today's gospel reading, he says, life does not consist of, he said, well, I'll give you the full quote, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. 
but it consists of abundance. Because at the same time, he says it's not about abundance of possessions. In the Gospel of John, he came and said, I came that they, and the they is all of us, might have life and might have it abundantly. Some of you know that verse by heart. So what does that mean to have abundant life? Well, I want to touch on, there's a lot of dimensions to it, but I want to touch on several key ones today. And the first one is the recognition that life is not just lived on the material plane. Life has a spiritual dimension. You remember the story about Nicodemus who came at night because he was a Pharisee and didn't want to be seen with Jesus, but he really wanted to talk to him about about what life and eternal life and, and, and Jesus tells him you have to be born again. I mean, Nicodemus goes, I can't go back in my mother's womb. That's not going to work. He said, no, you need to be born of the spirit. That's because we are spiritual creatures. We're not just physical bodies walking around. And the first way in which God has given us abundance is that we have that spirit in us. And that the the life of our spirit does not end with the life of our body. Jesus talks about, says in a verse that I bet most of you can quote, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Now how that eternal life is going to form and shape itself, we don't really know. Paul says, now we see through a mirror darkly, then we'll see face to face. But there is more to life. It's very clear that there's more to life than just our physical lives and what we have physically. So the first kind of abundance that we have is that abundance of life that has a future beyond this life, one in which in Revelations it says God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more, no more mourning, crying, or pain. That life will be a life in which so many of the things that plague us and hurt us and bother us today will drop away. They will drop away. That life comes to us through the abundance of grace that God has for us. God's love for us cannot be measured and it is unlimited. And even when we turn away from God, even when we're doing our own thing that is contrary to what God would have us do because we know better, God still loves us and still extends grace to us. The question is, is whether we're going to turn around and grab hold of the grace. God never withholds it, but we have to accept it. We have to make that choice. 
God has given us that freedom. But the abundance is not that God gives us in this world is not just, and in this life, in these bodies, is not just spiritual. It's not just something out there somewhere. It's very concrete in our lives. Faith, Christian faith, is not just a belief about some guy named Jesus, about who he is. Faith, Christian faith, is a way of life. A way of life. Of living every day based on the teaching and examples of Jesus. If we follow those teachings and examples of Jesus, we will find our relationships transformed. They'll be better. They'll be more loving, more respectful, more joyful. All of our relationships, family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, even people we've just encountered wouldn't you love to have relationships that you felt so good about? You probably have some now, but wouldn't you like to have more that you felt so good about? That you felt absolute comfort and safety and togetherness in them? That's abundant life. I saw a survey the other day about you know people of who do you trust or how and how much do you trust them? Most people said they trusted their families quite a bit. A few didn't, but most of them did. Their friends, not so much. Their coworkers, even less. Their neighbors were about on the same level, and a stranger was way down. So they, so they were saying they go through life with only their family that they feel like they can really trust. Do you feel that way? Or do you have friends that at least kind of come up to that level? I hope so. One of the things that Jesus does and, and ways that makes this possible is that Jesus calls us to gather together with other people we're doing it right now, other people who are disciples of Jesus, who want to follow Jesus' teachings and example, who want to create relationships that are abundant relationships, to work together, to support each other, to be there for each other. I've, you know, for those of you who are visiting today or, or new here, I was the interim pastor here for about three and a half years before Pastor Alex came. I'm retired now, except that I spend most every Sunday preaching someplace, but that's fine. I don't have to go to the committee meetings. <laughs> I got a couple of committee people over here laughing. <laughs> uh, but the... I have seen in this congregation people extend themselves to help others. I mean, really, not just do it because it was convenient, but really extend themselves in lots of different ways. And Paul writes about that 
uh, in 2 Corinthians, he's writing to the church at Corinthians and he's asking them to send aid to the church in Jerusalem because the church in Jerusalem, because of persecution and some other things, has fallen on hard times. And he, he, first of all, he says, well, he actually says this second, but I'm going to read it first. God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, not mountains of everything, but enough of everything, you may abundantly share in every good work. In other words, God will provide enough for you to meet your needs and to help somebody else. Doesn't mean you get two mansions. Doesn't mean you get a fourth private jet, as somebody, one pastor was seeking. But then he says, or, or actually before that he says, for I do not mean that there should be relief for others and hardship for you, but it is a question of equality between. So your present abundance meets their needs and that their present abundance may someday supply your need in order that there may be equality. Sometimes we have more, sometimes we have less. Sometimes we're in a position to give, sometimes we are in a position where we need to receive. But if we are a part of a community of faith, that's what we do for each other. And in terms of denominations and wider church relationships, we do it on that level for each other. So material abundance, meaning an ample amount, plenty, not an excessive amount. You know, I'm just going to throw this in. saw an article, uh, oh, last week, where uh, one uh, preacher of the prosperity gospel was robbed at gunpoint during the service. Do you see that? And uh, he was, the, the robbers did not take the offering. They didn't take any of the stuff that b- belonged to the church. They didn't ask the people in the pews for their money. But they took $100,000 of jewelry from the pastor. And $300,000 of jewelry from his wife. There's a difference between enough and too much. So God, God wants us to have enough in including of material things that we need for life. God promises to meet our needs, but not our every whim. In the Sermon on the Mount, you might remember this passage, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more than the body and food? Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your span of life? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, 
Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, you know that line, give us this day our daily bread? That doesn't mean just give us some flour with a little yeast and some water that's been baked somewhere. It means provide for us that which we need. That which we need, not just that which we want. I got a long list. Santa has never delivered it all either, so I'm still waiting. But, you know, some people might say, well, Pastor Kay, I know some people who don't have enough to eat. What's God, you know, saying about that? You know, you might even be one of them, or you have been one of them at some point in your life. Well, I don't think that is God's will or God's doing. The result of that, that is the result of human sin, the result of greed, that which both our reading from Colossians and from the gospel warn us about. Study after study for the last 50 years have concluded that the world currently produces enough food for every person on earth to be adequately fed. But uneven distribution caused by a number of things, greed, ineptitude, fraud, hoarding, and even the intentional use of starvation as a weapon of war stand in the way. And are we any better at sharing other resources than, the, than we are with food? Part of faith in God is taking up our own mission by following Jesus and teaching Jesus teaching an example of serving others. Remember in, the, in uh, Matthew 25, he, in the uh, parable of the last judgment, Jesus says that, the, that he will say to those, come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing or saw you sick and in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, I tell you, just as you did it for the least of one of these, my brothers or sisters, you did it for me. Following Jesus and his teaching and example calls us to have a purpose in life, a purpose beyond just collecting material stuff. Material stuff is not really very satisfying, which is why we keep getting more and more and more and more until we need Marie Kondo to tell us how to get rid of it. And even the stuff that she says brings you quote-unquote joy, which you can keep, really isn't very satisfying. But finding a purpose in your life, a way to live out your faith that makes a difference in the world where you know that what you do and say matters, 
to those around you and those around the world, that is a gift of abundance. It feels good. I remember when I was going through cancer treatment and I needed rides to, to chemo. And one of the members of the church uh, offered to take, I was there all day for the chemo. And, and I, um, but one of the members of the, the church got off work about the time it was done, so she'd bring me home. But another member of the church got up early and took me in for my, my chemo. And she took me in about three, on about three of the, for about three of the treatments. And about the second one, she said, I, she said to me, I'm so glad that, that you're letting me do this for you. And I went, huh? And she said, this has been so wonderful for me. We've gotten to know each other so much better. She was finding, having to get up early, get out of the house in the winter, get me down to Peoria, and she was finding satisfaction and joy in doing that. Now, I would not go so far as to get cancer again to provide somebody with that satisfaction, but it also made me feel good. So having that purpose, part of abundant life is having a purpose to fulfill. And then there are things that an abundance life has that are not necessarily material or things that we can own or things that we do. The joy and inspiration that comes from beauty in many forms, they're immaterial. The Psalms are full of statements of wonder and delight of people just observing the created world, Psalm 8. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Psalm 76, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out throughout the earth and to the ends of the world. In Psalm 104, which I will not read, it's very long, but it's also a lot of fun, is a celebration of the cre- all of creation and all the, way God, all the ways God provides for all creation's creatures. These things feed our spirits. I used to have a couple of huskies, and I took them out, Siberian huskies, and I would take them out into the woods where they could just run free. And their exuberance and joy, you could just see joy that they just charged through those woods, jumping over fallen logs and having the best time. Just watching them lifted my spirits. And you know, when somebody tells you to, you know, that old trite saying, take time to stop and smell the roses, that is not an old trite saying, that is spiritual advice. Take time to stop and appreciate all of the little beauty and wonder that is around us. So abundance, fullness of life, 
is something that we experience through God's grace, through relationships, through having purpose in life, through the bounty and beauty of creation. It's not something that we can own. And it all comes to us from the immeasurable love of God in whom we live and breathe and have our being. Thanks be to God. Amen.